Morning, church. It is great to be here in Oregon, Ohio. I'm from uh, Youngstown originally, live in Columbus now, but I'm grateful to be here um, this morning to share. As he said, my name is Nate Ortiz. I'm married to my beautiful wife, Lisa, and um, she is just all that, okay? And so I said in the first service, I'll say it now, I definitely married up, and you know you married up when people have a hard time believing it's your wife. Like, where's your wife? Like, over there. Her? Like, yes, her. Like, why? Like, you give me a complex. Why is it so hard to believe that's my wife, okay? All of this, got all of that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? So that's about it. And, um, and so if you see a picture of her on Instagram, like, mm, I get it, okay? And so uh, <laughs> we have two sons, Amari and Gianni. Um, they are just, uh, just man, just uh, loves of, love my life just to see these little boys running around. And uh, it's just amazing how two little people could just boss you around so much. And so uh, pray for me and my wife and that we don't get overtaken by these little people that live in our house. I, uh, I have a word that I want to share this morning, and I just want to say before I j- hop all the way into it, um, I, I know I'm telling you something I already know, but, man, The Rock is just a blessed place to be at. Um, the leadership here, can you get up for Pastor Carlos and just all the pastors on staff? <laughs> so, you know, this isn't just a church that you come to, but this is a family um, that you have here. And that's a blessing to see in the celebration that goes on and the life that is being expressed here is amazing and fantastic. And I just want to share a word with you this morning. It's called, Didn't I Tell You? If you're taking notes, it's called, Didn't I Tell You? And I'm sure there's some people that grew up in a house like that that had your, your mom or your dad kind of say, Didn't I Tell You like that? You know, you can't say, Didn't I Tell You? It's like, Didn't I Tell You? And um, that's kind of how, you know, that was a little bit of my life growing up. And so... My, my, my parents, they, they loved me and cared for me so much. And I just want to share a story as I, as I get into this message. It was, I was just a, a small kid, and I was very persistent when I was, when I was young, you know. And, and it's like I understand. Like I, I apologize to my parents countless times. I'm like, I'm sorry for the kid I was. I'm sorry. Please. Uh, please forgive me. Um, but there was, there was one time, a specific moment, where I was very persistent. My mom was on the phone, and it was back in the day where, you know, you had, like, that big white phone on the, on the wall. had the cord on it. You know, you could walk around the whole house, get the mail, come back inside, and you're still on the phone. That's how we had a roll back then, but it was just that long cord. And so she was talking on the phone, and I'm like, Mom, Mom, I'm sick. Mom, I'm sick. I can't, I, can't, I can't go to school. Mom, Mom, I ain't feeling good. I ain't feeling good. You know what I mean? I was playing, doing that thing. And she was like, baby, hold on, I'm on the phone. I'm like, mom, but I'm sick, for real. Like, I'm sick. Where's the thermometer? I need a thermometer. I'm, I'm sick. I need to show you I'm sick. And that was like the proof. Like, ha, I'm sick. You know, like, I want to, like, just show her. And uh, she was like, baby, hold on, hold on. You know, she was trying to be gracious to me. And I'm like, oh, okay, you ain't taking me serious. I am sick over here, your child, and you ain't giving me the thermometer. So I'm like, I'll take matters in my own hand. So I went to the kitchen. I'm looking. I'm, I'm fumbling through the drawer. I'm like, ha, there's the thermometer. It was the old school glass one, you know, that you just stick in your mouth. We, we didn't have the nice, like, you know, th- uh, you know, digital ones you just put on someone's forehead. And it's like, boop, there's a the temperature. And so, you know, I, I'm, I put it in there. I'm making sure, like, all right, I'm going to show my mom I'm sick. And so I'm there. I'm like, all right, we cool. And I go in the kitchen. I say, hey, mom, I said, I'm sick. I said, I got to stay home. And she looks at me, she puts the phone on her shoulder, she said, babe, that's a dog's thermometer. <laughs> so if you're not an animal person, there's only two places you take the temperature, and it's not the mouth, okay? So, <laughs> and, 
And she said, didn't I tell you to wait? And sometimes God will tell us in our lives, listen, you need to wait. And we can get the result we want sometimes, but we won't like the taste that leaves in our mouth after. Come on, somebody. (laughs) But God is saying, if you just wait on me, wait on my timing, I'm doing something greater than what you even see. And this morning, I want to encourage all of us, myself included, that as we walk this journey in life, sometimes we can get discouraged when we see like someone is, is maybe moving further ahead than we are. Or maybe we feel like God's forgotten about us. I know I've been there. We feel like, God, I'm just, I feel like I'm just hanging out, just kicking a can down the road. And, and I, I hear that, you know, God is, cares for us and he loves us. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just waiting on you, God. And God is telling us this morning, didn't I tell you? And you can fill in the blank with whatever promise God's spoken over you. We need to hold on to that. Hold on to that promise. So this morning, I'm going to be in John chapter 11, okay? So John chapter 11, starting in verse 1. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, I will be right, right there in this passage of Scripture. We're going to be kind of going down it. And I just want to have some three brief points that I want to, to bring forward. And so one thing about me, how I've lived my life, I never... I try not to present myself as anyone who's made just a bunch of right decisions because Lord knows I haven't. But I've tried to present myself as a person that says, listen, I'm just trying to keep my eyes on Jesus. And I give my life to him and whatever I do. So even before I came into ministry, I was at a, um, uh, another place. I'm sure a lot of you have been ministered uh, by to it. Um, it was called Chili's uh, Bar and Grill. And so uh, before I came into ministry, I was a waiter. I was just serving people. That's just what I did. And so I was just serving fajitas, advancing the kingdom, one chips and salsa bowl at a time. And, uh, but wherever God has me, it's ministry. Wherever God has me, I'm not saying, hey, I, God has something special for your life, but can you come on a Sunday and, and, and Pastor Carlos is going to minister you. It's going to be fantastic. But maybe God wants to use us wherever we are, at the workplace, at the kids' daycare, at the park, and being open to what God wants to do through our lives. So this morning, I'm going to start in verse 1. And we're going to read down to verse uh, 15. And then I will take a break right there. But starting in verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, a rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and you are going there again? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, but because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest and sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Father God, I just ask that you be with us as we go to your word. May it change us, Lord. May you reveal things in our hearts. 
God, in just different ways, uh, that it would just truly just pull us closer into you, that we would not be satisfied where we are, but we'd draw closer and closer to you. In your holy name we pray. Amen. So I want to talk about a couple people in this story. We have Mary and Martha, we have their brother Lazarus, we have Jesus, and we have the disciples. And so all this is kind of centered around Lazarus. Lazarus is sick, and Mary and Martha are saying, we got to do something. We, we, we got to make sure, you know, Lazarus is going to make it. And we have the disciples who are traveling with Jesus, and, and Jesus is now, you know, proclaiming uh, the kingdom of God here on earth. And so these are the, the characters of the players in the story, however you want to say that. But I want to look at three different truths that are in this story as they face uh, Lazarus, Lazarus' death, okay? So the first uh, uh, group I want to look at is Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha, God bless them. These sisters, they say, our brother's sick. And like great sisters, they say, we need to get our brother some help. We're going to ask the person who can help him. We're going to Jesus. Come on, somebody. Like we, we're going to call our good friend Jesus. Jesus will help us out. Get word to Jesus. So they get word to Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, this sickness is not unto death. It's going to be all right. If I marry my thought, all right, yo, come on. All right. Hey, Lazarus, you're gonna be, they're probably another, Lazarus, you're going to be okay. Jesus said you're cool. It's all right. It ain't unto death. You ain't going to die. You feel like you die, but you ain't going to die. It's good. But as we know, you know, uh, in the story, Lazarus passes. How many of there's times in your life where you feel like you have the understanding of what God's doing in your life and then something happens drastically different? Has that ever happened to you? say, okay, God, I prayed. Yes, I got a word at church. I know what's happening. And then it turns out different than what you thought it was going to turn out to be. It can cause frustration. It can cause anger. It can cause bitterness. It can cause just a lot of different emotions. But here's the truth in all of that. The first thing I want to tell you that circumstances change, but God does not. There are things in your life, things that were set out to kill you, to take you out, to pull you down, to trip you up. But listen, that circumstance didn't last forever, but God's plan for you will always go beyond anything trying to take you out. You might feel like there are things that are impossible. They are impossibilities for them to disappear from your life. But God is saying, listen, if I told you I'm going to get you through, I'm going to get you through. If God's word is coming to you and God is using people in your life to speak life over you, he's using this church, he's using the scriptures, those words are truth and they hold power. God's word says his word will not return void. So when it's spoken out, when you're proclaiming it, when you're declaring it over your life, there is authority and power in that. The authority and power isn't in church attendance. You don't get to tell the devil, I went to church every day, every Sunday. He ain't scared. But when you begin to proclaim the word of God, right? Pastor Carl said, when you said, there is no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment shall be cast down. That's why it's important to have the scriptures in our life, not to be good Christians, but to give us power and authority. Hebrews 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. His hand is steady. 
If I was getting surgery, I would prefer to have a surgeon who had a steady hand that would say, Mr. Ortiz, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to just cut you open. Like, oh, no, brother. No. I'll hold up. I'll just, I'll just wait. Wait for my healing. I want your unsteady hand in my body. God's hand is steady and sure and constant in our lives. One of the biggest lies that we could believe is that we could feel like there's periods of, of time that God is not active in our lives. Because we're going through something. Say, God must not be here with me. God must not care about me in this moment. God is with you through every moment of your life. Circumstances change. God does not. The second thing I want to focus on, talk about Mary Martha here. The second thing is the disciples. So the disciples are traveling with Jesus. Their main focus and goal is to change the world, literally. They are walking with Jesus, seeing signs and miracles and wonders and all these amazing things happening. So here they are with Jesus. And word comes to Jesus that Lazarus is sick and that he is going to pass. And so I'm sure the disciples are thinking, Jesus, that's, that's your boy, man. Well, are we rolling out? We healing? What are we doing? Spitting in mud? Putting in the eye? What's the deal this time? You gonna say you're healed? You know, get out your bed and walk. What's gonna happen? And Jesus begins to, to talk to them and just say, hey, "Listen, Lazarus is just asleep." And the disciples, are like, "Oh, cool. Well, we just wake him up then. I mean, that's the easy one. We just say, hey, wake up." And then what does Jesus say? Lazarus is dead. You just said he was sleeping. Now he's dead. I'm confused. I mean, like, Jesus was trying to be nice about, like, you know, hey, hey, disciples, you know, Lazarus was sleepy, sleepy. He went night, night. Let's go wake up. They kept pushing. Okay, he dead. They're like, oh, my goodness. Oh, sorry, Lazarus. We didn't mean to push Jesus that far. But the thing the disciples failed to realize is that God is always doing a greater thing than what we can see. How many of you know that in your life right now, you might say, my life, be like, Pastor, my life is a hot mess. A hot mess. How is God doing anything in this? Because his word says, God says it takes, he takes all things, all things, the things you're proud of and the things you're embarrassed of, and makes them work together for his good. The thing is, when we try to take all these things and make them work together for our good, and we try to present ourselves as a way, well, bless God, I'm perfect. Hallelujah. I've never had any issues. Like, I never answer an altar call because I have no issues whatsoever. Me and God are friends forever. <laughs> Come on. There's times I just want to sit at the altar. Like, I'm just prepping myself for later. I'm just going to get here because I know I'll be here later. <laughs> Save myself a trip. God is always doing greater work than what we see. And I kind of equate it to this. I, you know, uh, my grandma, she would do, you know, cross-stitching. Had to ask for help in the first service. Cross-stitching, you know, where you had that uh, wooden hoop and, and they put the, the, the piece of um, cloth over it, whatever you call that deal. <laughs> or like the, no, like the cloth part, the canvas part or whatever. Yeah, so whatever, you know, sackcloth kind of deal. So, you know, and, and, you know, to be like you'll see it in, you know, maybe old Hispanic homes like my grandma's. And, you know, it'd say like, you know, uh, you know, God bless this home or, you know, just some ins inspirational Bible verse and hanging up there. And it looks like such a beautiful, beautiful picture if you see it. You're like, wow, that's really nice. But if you take it off the wall and you look on the backside, it's just a bunch of string everywhere. 
and it looks like nothing. And sometimes we're looking at the backside of that in our life, saying, God, this looks terrible. What could this even be? This is a mess. And there's God. Don't worry about it. But I don't see what the picture is. You're not supposed to. Mind your business. But God, when I want your opinion, I'll ask you. And he's doing it. But when God's done, he's saying, you see this? This is what I was doing in your life. I was making a beautiful picture. Taking the parts you did understand and the parts you didn't understand. And it's doing something greater. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the end of Jesus Christ. I am thankful for that, that God has started something and he is going to finish it. That God is not saying, Nate, I started, but you a mess, son. Sorry. He is saying, I will start it and I will finish it. That is the God that we serve. Do we understand that we serve a God who is perfect in all of his ways, that he does not make a mistake, that when he made Nate Ortiz, he was like, oh, 1984 was a terrible year. I made Nate Ortiz. He was a defect. You know, there's none of that. There wasn't a recall in 1984 of just, you know, God is intentional and purposeful in all that he does. And in our lives, we say, God, how do I fit into this? How do you want to use my life? You don't get to tell God, God, I'm good at this. He made you. He knows what you're good at and what you're terrible at. And telling the truth is obviously one of them. But to say, God, I just want to be used by you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Come on. I want to continue reading here in John chapter 11, verse 20. It says, now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Listen, Martha needs to cut, cut it out. She's playing too much. How you going to come at Jesus like that? Like, if you would have been here, you wouldn't be dead. This is your fault. I said, like, Jesus, great to see you. Thank you for coming. This is a difficult time for our family. She hit him with, this is your fault. That's my translation anyways. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. I think Martha in this moment was having uh, this struggle, this internal struggle with her. She believed who God said he was. But I don't think she believed that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And I believe that many times in our faith we could be in that place. Like, I believe in God. I believe that he created me. I believe that he loves me. But I have a hard time believing that he is going to interact with me in my days. I believe that God heals. I believe that God can do a breakthrough in, my, in, in people's lives, but I don't know if he could do it for my life. I've been struggling so long, I just, I just learned how to function in the dysfunction. And I think that there is a big part of us 
that we just can't stay in the place of saying, well, I believe in God, but we need to come with the expectancy. We need to become with an expectancy that says, God, you could do something greater than what we could ever imagine. That anything I could ever think of, you are doing something greater. So let's not just believe God is who he says he is. But let's believe that God's going to do what he said he was going to do. Verse 28. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus not had, uh, had not come into town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I'm going to pause there. So Martha's sister Mary comes out and meets Jesus and says the same thing. Jesus, if you wouldn't have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Let's keep reading on and look at this difference here. Therefore, when, uh, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? Sometimes in our lives, God wants to know that we care about the things that he loves the same as he does. Listen, if we're not careful, we could begin to pray to God and ask God to change everything around us except us. God, if you can just change my children, they are just disruptive. You've seen them, Lord. They are loud and disrespectful. Change them. Lord, my spouse, they were cute when I met them, but I don't know what happened. <laughs> they look good, and that's where it stopped. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help me. If they thought like me, this would be better. Our marriage would be healthier if they thought like me. But God's saying, do you love your spouse like I love your spouse? Do you love your children like I love your children? That it moves you to tears. Listen, we want to love the things that God loves. And not just say, God, fix this area of my life because it's too difficult for me. But saying, God, help me to see what you see. To hear what you hear and to love like you love. They said to him, Lord, come and see. Verse 35, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could this man who, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaning in himself came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench for he has been dead for four days. My goodness, Martha, let Jesus do what he's going to do. She's coming at Jesus again. Jesus at the tomb, saying, where is he at? And there's Martha. Well, he's, he's been dead for four days. I'm just saying. Could have came earlier. There's a stench now. But okay, whatever. <laughs> Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, or maybe didn't I tell you, that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. 
Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I believe this morning the last thing that I want you to know is remember what God says over you. Remember what God says over you. Why do pastors tell you to read your Bible? Because in your word it will tell you what God says over you. It will tell you that you are a son and daughter of the most high king. It will tell you that you are the head and not the tail. It will tell you that you are the lender and not the borrower. It will tell you that there is, listen, there is nothing that can separate you from God's love. It will tell you that you are blessed and highly favored. Remember what God speaks over you. Martha, at that moment, she forgot. Come on, Jesus, didn't I tell you if you would believe, you would see the glory of God in your life? Listen, church. If you, don't, if you don't remember anything else, remember that God is always doing a greater work than what you see. Even in your greatest joy where you feel like everything is perfect in your life, God is still doing a greater work. God is not saying you found, you know, you found uh, me, you have salvation. God's saying there is even more. You say, well, I, you know, everything is going great. God said there's more. Even in your lowest point, you feel like I could not hurt anymore. I cannot live just this way in this dysfunction. God, I'm never going to overcome this thing. God is saying, listen, there is, there is more joy for you if you can stay locked in on me, if you can stay pursuing me. And I know sometimes it feels like, Pastor, it can happen for everyone else, but it's not going to happen for me. And I'm telling you that God, that our God brings hope. He brings life. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So God God will never speak down to you, but God will say, come up here. I'm speaking life into you. God will not say, shame on you. Get it together before you come into the house of God. God is saying, come as you are, and let's do life together. Because God is always doing a greater work. If we could just stand to our feet in this place. I, I believe this morning that there's some of you that God is bringing dreams back to your remembrance. God is bringing words that were spoken over you. God is bringing you, bringing back to your memory promises they spoke over your life or maybe over your family where God was saying, listen, God's saying, listen, if, if you give everything to me, I'm not going to let you down. Put it in my hands. Maybe there's promises that God's spoken over your kids. Maybe they're not serving the Lord. And God told you they're going to serve the Lord one day. I'm believing with you this morning. Maybe there's a struggle in your life that you feel like it is just kicking my teeth in. And I feel like I can't get victory over it. And God's saying, come on, you're more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
feeling this this morning. I'm just, I feel like some of you are kind of even just dealing strongly, strongly with you believe in God, but you, you don't, you're not sure if God is hearing you where you are. You're not sure if God is really seeing the pain that you're in. You're saying, God, I feel like this just isn't going to change. And just like in the story that we just read here in John chapter 11, where Lazarus dies, and everyone's thinking, wait, you said the sickness wasn't until death. How, how could Lazarus be dead? We loved him, and, and you loved him, God. How could he be dead? How could it be, he be dead? But God, Jesus says at the end of it, this was not unto death, but that the glory of God, if you would believe that the glory of God would be revealed. And there are things in your life that you feel are dead. There is no life there. Maybe you feel like it's your marriage. Maybe you feel like it's your relationship with God. But you feel like this thing is dead. Pastor, I'm telling you, it is dead. There's no life there. But God is telling you this morning, listen, those things that you in your life that you feel are dead, he's saying, didn't I tell you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God, and these things in your life will begin to show this life again. They will begin to grow. They will begin, the promise will begin to manifest in your life if you choose to believe. It's not in our timing. It's not always how we want it to look. But it's always perfect. The Bible tells us he will keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on Jesus. Come on. Is that where we are this morning? Are we are we set on Jesus? Are we believing in his word? So if we believe his word, we gotta believe his timing. So right now, if there's something in your life that you just feel like, oh, this, this needs a touch from the Lord. I feel like it's just been dead so long. I, I feel like the promise is dead. If that's you and there's something you need to bring to the Lord tonight, this morning, I just ask that you just come forward. We're just going to have a time of worship, a time of just seeking God. But as we go into this song, I just want you to come forward and just lay whatever it is at the altar that you feel like, God, you need to breathe life into this thing because I feel like it's dead. Just come forward and give it to God this morning.